Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Morning Crew. I'm Kathy, if you can't recognize my voice yet, and I'm here with Kelsey and Mads. And um, today, our topic kind of weaves into what we were talking about last time about changes in relationship and navigating those changes after loss, but we kind of wanted to focus on non-romantic relationships today. But before we get into it, I kind of wanted to preface both to you guys, the co-hosts, and also anyone that's listening, is that this has been like, we have gone into full force mode and we're talking about heavy topics and about grief every single time. And that can be a little bit of like a trigger every single time we speak. And so I know it's something that I kind of was dealing with in therapy and was kind of unpacking that of like, please utilize your outlets and resources to give you the support while you're listening or to you guys, like while we're still talking about these things, because it could be triggering like subconscious things that you don't know might be coming up um, for you guys. And I know like both of you, we're all in therapy. So I'm like super proud of all of us for that. But I just want to say, I think that there are times where I'm like, ooh, maybe when I was talking about that, like on air, it unpacked something in or triggered something in me that um, I didn't realize was there and it's coming out in a different way. And so that's just kind of my tidbit to anyone who's listening is like, even if it sounds casual, how we talk about it, it is very big things. And I think it's just important to find other outlets to be able to like address it um, in a healthy manner. So that was just my little tidbit of advice. I think that's a good note. Thank you for sharing that, Kathy. I think that's good for us to like keep in mind too, as like Mads and I and you recording this, like we said, we want it to be casual. We want to normalize it, but we are still talking about heavy things. And I know like I, if I can like go on a walk after we record or like turn off my technology for the night after we record just to kind of decompress before jumping into something else. So definitely good reminder, Mads. I don't know if you have anything you you've done or felt too. No, I definitely, it's funny. It came into my mind um, a couple of weeks ago whenever I was, I think I, ta- I don't know if we remember, I don't remember if we talked about it on air, but I know off air um, we talked about how it was the annual first anniversary of losing my grandpa. And I kind of was thinking about things that were popping up and I was relaying it back to the show and things. Um, and, but yeah, I, I'm trying to, I, it's, it's laid over here where I'm at. So usually I get ready for bed whenever we're done, but um, trying to, you know, figure out some methods to end with like a show that makes me happy or whatever um, that is. But yes. <laughs> yes. That sounds very healthy. <laughs> I'm probably best to, to do something light right before bed. So it's not like seeping into your mind right before your head hits the pillow. Um, so great. Love to hear that. And hopefully listeners can take away from that too. So diving into today's topic, um, my big question, I guess, for you guys, and I can go, I can kind of kick us off is 
how has your relationship with other people in your family changed after your loss? And so in my immediate family, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I'm an only child. So it literally was just me, my dad, and my mom. And I think although I was a very young age to understand like what the relationship with my mom even looked like, I do think that it changed a lot. Um, there are ways and I, I believe and I feel that it definitely brought us closer. Um, and I, I think I was daddy's little girl when I was younger and I was like always around him and felt spoiled around him. And I was definitely that girl that like glamorized the parent coming home like after work or was like always so busy and like got to hang out with him on the weekends. And I feel like my mom was kind of like, okay, I pick you up from school. Like I feed you and I do all of these things and you still like love your dad like so much or whatever, Um, which I laugh about now. But honestly, like that is just how it was. Um, And I but I will say and I I preface this like this really going um, off the deep end right now into something a little bit dark is and I only say this because I think this is the whole reason for this podcast is to talk about those dark things that are inside of you that you maybe never say out loud. I am definitely kind of I'm a religious person and I feel like also I things happen for a reason just personally and I feel like the parent like the closer parent was taken away from me like for some sort of reason and and that to me is to change the relationship and navigate the relationship with my mom which was already tough and it really forced me to kind of face it head on. Um, and I know that that sounds like really messed up that like, I was like, oh, like, of course the closer parent got taken from me. And, but I feel like there are probably people out there that felt the same, have felt the same way. Um, and by no means, obviously like any parent can be taken from you and you might be taken from the one that you aren't closer with. Um, and so I just mean that to say personally in my life, I have felt like it has been a force to, it has forced me to then navigate a healthier relationship with my mom. Things are definitely tough. Like two feisty Latina women under one household is (laughs) not a recipe for success at all times. Um, And there's a lot of fighting that happens. And then add in like the age that I was at um, and my teenage years and all the hormones and changes like I'm going through again, like I said, I literally was just getting my period at that time. So I clearly was going through a lot of emotions. Um, And yeah, so it, it forced us to go through a lot of pain together. Um, But I don't think that I am a big believer in that we wouldn't be how we are today if that didn't happen to us. And in a twisted way, it kind of spotlight put a spotlight on our relationship and made us like heal a little bit um, together. But I'm going to pass it off to Kelsey and because I kind of want to hear how uh, from like a sibling standpoint, your relationship change and then also maybe with your dad. 
Yeah, no, first, thank you, Kathy, for sharing that. Um, I think you're absolutely right that you are not the only person who feels that way and that we should use this platform to share those types of things. And I think that's really interesting, the dynamic and how it's changed and you can go into it. It almost sounds like you guys become like partners in crime a little bit or like not quite that friend, sister, where you're like, it's just the two of you. It's both of you. You're a unit. Like you said, you're similar in some ways, but you're different in some ways. So I'm sure growing into that, it's like you're really close, but there's also lots of conflict. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic, like the stereotypical mother and daughter that fight a lot, but also are there for each other. Is that kind of spot on? Yeah, I would say that. I think um, with any relationship, there's just added complications. Um, And I think for us, there's probably a little bit more on the butting heads than on the like relying on each other. But again, I feel like at the end of the day, it definitely has made us like two very strong women and figuring out how to support other people or support each other. Um, So we have our own like things for sure, but and it it doesn't make everything like uh, all rosy because we went through it together. I would say I think there's there's still actually like a lot of pain that came out of it, um, to be quite honest. But um, I know everyone's relationship is different. No, that's that's well said and honest too, Mads. Before we go, I go on to my stuff, did you want to add anything there? Um. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel if I think about it on like a higher level, like my relationship with like my grandma or like, you know, family who is are older than me or like my peers, um, it's very different. Um, I've stayed really close with my cousins um, throughout the whole process. And I've even remember like when um, some of the stuff was going down, I got closer to a cousin that I wasn't really close with or I haven't really talked to um, a bunch. And so it was kind of nice in that way. but it's also I feel I find that I don't always talk to my grandmothers as much, and I don't know if it's because like like every single time I called the farm, I would call to talk to my grandpa, and so it's funny because my grandma's even made comments like I don't call as much and whatnot, and I know that sounds terrible, but um, it's just kind of like every time I call, I know that like. I can't talk to pop about the Hawks game. And so it's almost kind of like you would think in some situations it makes someone want to continue to get closer with those people and spend more time with them. And it does. Um, But sometimes I find myself like distancing a little bit on the same heavy note of Kathy's sharing her deep secret. Um, I I find it's a little it's it's a little hard to even like try to, to put myself in a situation because it's not what it was. And it's hard to like kind of rehash that every time you want to pick up the phone and call someone. No, I think that's interesting. And yeah, it shows that you both have a similar thing there where you were closer to the person who had passed. And so it makes that relationship with the remaining person really complicated and triggering at times and multi-layered. So I think that's super valid to talk about. And it's like you want to be there for that person, but you also need to be looking out for like yourself and your mental health and what feels right to you. Um, I definitely want to hear Mads more about that. Um, But Kathy, to answer your question first with my sister, I feel like it did make us closer because we were so in it together um, and kind of experiencing it from similar vantage points. But I really need to acknowledge that there are key differences that I think be easy for me to just overlook. But I think um, a couple things, one, her 
just literally being younger. Like Kathy, I know you had made that comment from an earlier episode that like it's hard to see people who like lost their their parent older than you because it they gained extra years. And from that perspective, I had three extra years on my sister. So I want to acknowledge that. And like my sister graduated college virtually online the day after my mom passed away. And like that's a really hard timing and hard time of life. Um, so I w- really want to acknowledge that. And she left and started grad school um, like a month after and started it virtually a couple weeks after she passed away and started school in a whole new environment where not a single person knew her or knew my mom. Whereas when I returned back to my quote unquote normal life, I was returning to a workplace that I'd been at for five plus years and all of my team, coworkers, everyone knew what happened. Like I didn't have to share what happened and my sister did. So I want to acknowledge that, that like I have respect for her situation and like the challenges that she faced. And I also, being the older sister, I think part of me immediately like wants to fill in and kind of do some of the things my mom would do. And it's a hard line to walk because my mom and I were similar in how we thought about gifts or cards, but I don't want to try to act like I'm her. I want to be me. And so trying to find that line where it's my sister doesn't think I'm trying to be mom for her. And so that's kind of an interesting new layer in the dynamic where Again, my mom and I were similar. We did a lot of the same things, but I I don't want to try to fill shoes that are truly impossible to fill. But I will say overall, I'm really lucky that we're able to to talk about so much in our different kind of like vantage points, but also a lot of similarities. And then with my dad, I think it's also made us closer and it's just kind of created, you know, instead of it being my parents plus Kylie and I. It's like the three of us are a unit, so things are just a little bit more balanced and the dynamic feels a little bit more equal. Like we split the tasks on a trip of like coordinating and logistics. It's not just my, you know, that used to kind of be mostly my mom and now the three of us are stepping in to do it. It's like little things like that, but I would say we are closer. I would say we talk maybe even more. There is a sense where I'm like, fine line again of like, I want to look out for him. I obviously cannot fill shoes, but I, the things that she would think of or know to do, like, you know, where the decorations are in the house and ordering the calendars and new candles and this brand of this that my dad doesn't know how to do. Like, I want to step in and help, but he is still standing as like a parental figure for me, but I think I'm also now standing as a support for him. Um, but Mads going back, I know you mentioned your relationship with your, your grandma's changing. I'm curious about your parents, like how you want to, how that changed since you, I think you talked before, it's like the grief, it's like you're the granddaughter. So that's one layer of grief, but the parents are a, a different level of grief and that grief and then how you interact with your parents is like, there's so many layers as we've talked about. So I would be interested in whatever you want to share about kind of those dynamics. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like it's, it's funny because you see your parents and in, in whatnot when you're in that situation, it's just like a vulnerable place. Um, and I remember like being with my mom, it was kind of 
time that Kennedy and I, my sister, had to step up and take care of things that typically wouldn't have to. Like, I was the one calling the hospice center, and I was the one that, and my sister was the one who was calling, you know, the uh, funeral home. And we were kind of taking care of all these details and talking to the hospice nurses and kind of doing all the adult stuff in a time when we were also really like hurting. Um, so I found that was, it was kind of an interesting way to like take care of your mom in that situation when it's a time then typically like, I think that was the first time that I ever was like fully taking care of my mom and she like wasn't taking care of me at all. And so it's just kind of interesting to see how that works. Um, on my dad's side, um, it's a bit complicated. Um, but it's interesting just because, I mean, we talk about a lot more things than we would typically talk about. I feel like we were very close and we were younger or when I was younger. And um, then I feel like we stopped talking about such like serious things and more just sticking to like hockey talk and, and talking about the Cubs trades. And so I think it's interesting because um, I feel like now we talk about more in depth or like not so surface level things um, in talking about that and talking about how the grief, um, you know, bothers him and whatnot as well. Um, so I found that kind of interesting in, in that term of it. I am actually curious, Kelsey, have you lost any, or if you were close with them, grandparents, um, and kind of like witnessed your parents, like losing their parents? Um, yes. So I, my grandpa, who we called Pa, um, is such a close figure, um, grandfather figure, huge like rock and center of our family. And um, he passed away when I was going into my freshman year of college. So I would have been about 17. Um, and my, it's my mom's dad. So really interestingly, I had, that was my first experience with grief. Personally, I was still so young, but I watched my mom go through it. I watched her be emotional with her sisters, but also not really talk about it. And for how talkative my mom was, I think that was kind of interesting to see. And I, I think she would shield my sister and I from it and not really talk about her grief almost ever. And I think she would talk to my dad about it kind of more behind closed doors. Um, but I would say I would still see the emotion come through. Like if my dad, oh, we're at dinner and like, oh, Pa would have loved this Cal one or Pa would have ordered this at dinner and cheers to Pa, it's his birthday. And my mom would get emotional. Not that that took a lot ever for my mom to get emotional, but she would. <laughs> and that was kind of the extent. So I have, and I know how close she was to him. Obviously now she's passed and I have with so much more perspective for what she went through. And it's so frustrating and a weird dynamic because now that she's gone, I now have a better understanding of what she went through, but I can't talk to her about it because she's no longer here. So that's kind of a weird one that I like had that realization kind of after a few months after her passing. And I was like, oh, I've lost a parent. I now know what it's like for her to lose a parent. There were some similarities. She was physically there when my grandpa passed away. I was physically there when my mom passed away. And so that would have been an interesting one to be able to connect with, but obviously impossible. So it's weird how those kind of dynamics end up working. Yeah, that's so interesting to have that other side of the coin. Um, and I, I, I was curious to know your perspective because I feel like I witnessed my mom lose a parent after I lost a parent. And that was very 
odd to me to so to reverse go through. Yes, literally reverse. And so, like to know the pain, I guess, in a weird way. And obviously, it's different because I was a child versus she was a full parent at the time. Um, very different, but it. It, there was a part of me that was like, well, we we have gone through this together now. Like we like I have gone through that, and and I think I minimized that feeling for a really long time. But it wasn't until like I was in therapy, like a couple of years later, of my therapist acknowledging, like, yes, what you went through, like, is very much so can be an adult experience that you that you had at just an earlier age and there are people and adults like later on in your life that would won't have um like experienced it and you'll be at the same age as them and they will still not have experienced it basically all to say like you don't have to frame it so much in your head as like an adult experience like that you like i don't know that makes you an adult like to go through that because you went through that and the, the fact that you went through that experience brought you to a new maturity level and is and it is an experience that we may all go through and you just had it earlier on. So don't like not acknowledge that you didn't go through it because you were a kid kind of thing um, or like that it's not as equal because I was a kid when I went through it. So that was also something that I kind of wanted to like um, talk about. Yeah, that's really interesting perspective. And it, it made me think of um, – not necessarily going through the same thing, thank God, but putting myself in the same shoes as someone um, that I might not have been as close with. But I, uh, so my grandpa had a brother. His name's Uncle Ken, and I remember my mom had had always talked about him, and I knew who he was, and I'd met him obviously, but I didn't know him, know him. Um, and I feel like I was at we were, we were at the funeral, and I, I was excited to see him because I knew my mom was excited to see him, and he kind of looks like grandpa, and he kind of talks like grandpa, and um, so. I was actually the one that called him to tell him that he had ended up passing. And at the funeral, he was up on stage doing a reading. And I don't know what it was, but I just like something in me. I saw him crying and I saw this like old, like strong man who my mom knew was like her strong uncle crying and and upset. And I was like, I got to go up there. So I get up and I go up and I just like hold his hand and like sit up there with him. And like we sit up on the stage when the priest comes back up and like we're just holding hands like sitting there and then we end up walking down together and he like hugs me and we do the last prayer together and whatever um and then afterwards his daughter came up to me and was like thank you for like taking care of my dad and um it was just we had this moment and I I had never really had an adult conversation with him and as the the day went on he ended up talking about all these stories about my grandpa I didn't know and that he wanted to step in to be my like pseudo grandpa. So he like calls me and like writes me letters now and like sends me birthday cards and always like will send me emails and be like, love grandpa Ken. But it's kind of a sweet thing because I can think of, you know, whatever happens in the afterlife. And I think that grandpa's looking down and I know he'd be so happy if he didn't somehow chess play us together that day that like we're keeping this connection and he's able to, to, counsel me and watch me do my life just like how grandpa couldn't. So it's been a really kind of bittersweet, cool thing to go through. Yeah, that's a really sweet silver lining to a really horrible thing that you have this other relative that you didn't really have an adult relationship with and you guys were able to be there for each other and that he wanted to like, it probably is to great comfort for him to be able to be there for you because it's like he knows that your grandpa would have really appreciated that. So I think that's 
really sweet. Um, and then Kathy, I think your point about how it changes your maturity level. And I think that deeply applies when something traumatic happens to you as a kid. But I'm sure at any of our ages, whenever you go through this, it gives you a new perspective on life, um, a wisdom uh, and matures you big time. I know I was having coffee with um, a friend of mine who lost her mom um, early, like in a similar way, a couple months after me. And we were both saying in a weird way, and this is about to sound so depressing, so don't bring out your little violins when I say this, but it pretty much said like once our moms passed, it almost felt like our childhoods were over. And that sounds so depressing. Like obviously also when she passed, I was 25, like I was legally not a child, but there's just some something about one literally going through something that hard at that age. And it just makes you see the world and everything completely differently. But then specifically in the cases of with this friend, both of our moms, like they brought such magic to our lives that like motherly caretaking thoughtfulness when you're home, I'm going to cook for you. I'm going to do your laundry. And you kind of revert back to being a kid when you're around them almost or like mentally and you feel just so comforted. And not to say my dad is not the most like amazing and there for me and comforting, but there's just that thing in a lot of ways about the the like motherly touch or can be um, that it weirdly feels like I can't be just and there's such an innocence with being a kid and thinking nothing can go wrong. Kathy, I'm guess in reference to like pre anything happening, like true, like young childhood where like the world is wonderful. You don't even know what death is. You, you know, there's butterflies and magic everywhere and Santa Claus and all of that stuff. And it just feels like when she passed and we both agreed, we at least bonded over that, that it felt like, okay, childhood is over. I'm like now officially an adult and there's no looking back. I don't know. Um, you guys, either of you guys felt that in any way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would probably add on to the very depressing sentiment being that I was 12 when it happened. And so I would hate to kind of look back and kind of say like my childhood was over at that point. And, but like, to be quite honest, like, yeah, a lot of it fucking was like, I had to do a lot of the growing up on my own. And I had to do a lot of the like, making appointments on my own and carrying the weight because my mom was now a single parent, like, there was a lot going on at that time. Um, and I, I get like, I'm getting sad right now, because I think I am like, sad about that little girl missing out on all of the things that should have just like she should have just focused on being a little kid at that time and what that like these life issues shouldn't have been a concern um, for a 12 year old to take on. But it's the reality and it shaped me of who I am today. And it definitely like um, motivated me to kind of be a self-starter and, you know, be super independent for sure. Um, and I do think like, it also kind of rocked my world in the sense of I feel like as women, we're always kind of being fed these messages of like you need to be independent and like not depend on whether it's a man or a partner or anybody to kind of support you. And I just like learned that message like so much earlier on because and it wasn't a 
from an event of like somebody leaving my mom like voluntarily. It was like leaving my mom involuntarily and making sure that you were like set up for life and you can set yourself up self up um, independently. So I will say like there are so many life lessons that I got out of kind of that chapter of my childhood ending at that age. And I don't want to say like it's all sad. It's obviously again just shaped me who I am today. And I also want to say that it, com- it came with, there was a lot of support for sure. And going back to Mads, your pseudo um, grandpa, I feel like I kind of had a similar experience with an uncle stepping in saying like, if I could adopt you, I would. And kind of taking in like filling in those like father figure roles. And he was just like the comedian of like our family and always making jokes. And just, we were so close to Um, And then unfortunately, he passed later on, which we could kind of go more into in another episode um, in high school, because having that like new father figure for you then taken away, like again, it brought up obviously like everything from the past. And um, that was kind of the start of like a whole other thing. But I will say like, there were a lot of people that did step in and I'm super, super grateful for that. And for the years that I got with him when he was looking out for me, uh, I don't know if you guys like have had other people step in, maybe not so much in the exact shoes, like you just mentioned Mads, but, um, or just in general of like kind of taking on i I'm there for you, like in kind of those outer rings or layers of uh, support system. Oh, God, Kathy, I did not know that, that you had this secondary kind of father figure come in, and I cannot fathom how crushing that would be, like reliving your worst nightmare, hell on earth, round two. Um, I commend you and your strength for getting through that um, again, and I. it sounds like he was really special and wonderful and was a wonderful support for you while he was with us. But damn, just need a second to acknowledge that that once and like at such a young age is so brutal. And like you said, no 12 year old should ever have to go through something like that. And then again, as a high schooler, which is also still very young, looking back at high school, you feel old in high school and you look back and you're like, I was a child and I did a lot (laughs) of dumb things. So that's also a really young age. So I just want to acknowledge that. Um, I think Mine is still so recent and I'm older that I wouldn't call on like one specific person who's like trying to jump in to be like a motherly figure. Just a lot of wonderful, like my aunts are amazing and her friends are amazing and check in. But um, I would say I live with one roommate and she has been wonderful and especially right when I moved back, um, like really tuned in to like wanting to talk about anything, giving the space, but also giving the distraction. And um, I remember I was really nervous to kind of hit the two-month anniversary of my mom's passing because up until then, that was the longest I had ever gone without seeing my mom. And it was like one time when I was in London for a summer. And so I remember thinking, my brain can trick itself like, oh, I'm not seeing her, but like I, I would live away from her and I would go this long. But two months, something just stuck with me like, I've never gone that long without seeing her. And she knew that I was going to be nervous about that. So 
she helped coordinate a night where we got like champagne and charcuterie, which are two of my mom's favorite things and like helped make that two month anniversary a lot better, um, which was so sweet and it was so much fun. And I just appreciated that so much. It's like those details and the little things and you know, the two month thing is not something like Mother's Day that's so blatant and obvious, but because I live with her and we're so close, like that was really meaningful. And I also say in like a unique way, because I've been at my company for as long as I have, I really do have a work family and work support. I had um, a couple bosses and coworkers come to the service and drive a couple hours to be at the service. Um, couple of them came to my house and like dropped off a gift for my mom in the last few days of her being with us. Um, the first bouquet of flowers I think that were delivered to our house were from my company's women's network. I don't even know how they got them there that quickly, but they did. And <laughs> I had probably six different bouquets of flowers, I feel like, between all the different pockets of people at work. Um, had like our VP like call me personally and I didn't even know he had lost his dad at the same age. I had lost my mom and he like called. So, and the transition back to work, like they stepped up during such a busy time when we were short staffed and like were so unbelievable. And in being like understanding as I was like transitioning back in and kind of like going through it. So, um, I know I feel very fortunate to have such wonderful support from a work perspective, but I do want to speak to that, that that's maybe not a totally traditional one, but work ends up being such a big part of your life and takes up so many hours that um, I would say like they collectively stepped in as kind of like a family in itself and a little bit of support. Um, But Mads, I don't know, um, thinking about your transition, if there was a difference between the two grandpas passing away if you had a different reaction of like people stepping in and supporting one or the other, curious about that since they were a few, few years apart. Yeah. Um, no, not, not really, um, in that sense, but I do like something that comes to mind when we're talking about this is, um, one of who was my sister's best friends. Um, and now is a very, very good friend of mine, actually one of the only people I told, you know, when we were talking about how, how we're, how we're sharing this, she was one of the first people I told about, um, this adventure for us, but she was visiting town from Ohio. So she was visiting from like four hours away when we found out that my grandpa had, my papa had passed away. Um, and it wasn't super expected. And so I remember like in that instance, I was friends with her and we were comfortable together, but we weren't like super, super, super close. Um, but I remember like being in that moment, which was like, just like the first time I had ever felt anything like that before. Um, like I got sick, like I had all these different reactions that I didn't even remember because that's when like I started to black out. And it's just now it's like we are so, so, so close and we talk about everything. And she just came to visit me. And like, like I said, like I shared this with her because she walked through this experience with me. But it was just like the fact that she was in the same place at the same time that like we have become so inseparably close because no one will ever really know me in that exact exact person. Because even the next time something terrible happens, I'm going to have all these experiences in my backpack from the, you know, the past. So it's something that will never, nobody will ever have that moment with me besides her. And so we went from kind of just knowing each other and hanging out every once in a while to like being like very, very, very close friends. That is certainly something that'll bond you to someone really quickly is being there in one of those dark, sad, horrible moments and them showing up in such a powerful way. Like I can't think of a a stronger way to bond with somebody. So I'm sure anyone out there who's listening, whoever were 
kind of the first people who stepped in to see you, help you send something like for like I can I can name so many people and situations too of just like those who were there it creates such a crazy closeness. I kind of want to touch on that too because I had I had a roommate who went through a parent loss and it was crazy to me because even as somebody who experienced it myself I it's almost like you feel like you're expected to know exactly what to do in those moments because you've gone through it too and I realized that like I still am who I am and and Part of that is like, for example, physical touch is my least like love language. Like I do not like physical touch. And so I was like, <laughs> do oh not my touch God, Kathy. I have to give her. No <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, do I have to hug her? Like I, I like I don't know like what to do. And but obviously I love her and I want to support her. And so I found like any way possible to do that, like the charcuterie um board idea kind of would have been something like uh I feel like I could have done or like other actions like uh, um oh my gosh what is the love language uh, acts of service were kind of like how I thought I felt which I didn't know was going to be the love language that came out but was kind of the way that I stepped in but another but something that I realized throughout that was I also had to be really cognizant of anything that was triggering for me in this event. And so I almost had to set up my own healthy boundary with supporting her, which is so sucky because you're like, I want to be there for you all the time and every time. And then I remember being in therapy and my therapist being like, you have to be a little bit careful with this because it could be like re-triggering and traumatizing for you. And you need to be in the healthiest position ever in order to support your friend the way you want to. So that's just kind of like a tidbit there that I feel like it has changed like you may think or that when the situation comes up and you're the one to support that and you've gone through loss like that you'll immediately step into the those kinds of shoes but it was tough for me to do so and that was a reaction that I didn't expect at all right just because you lost somebody close to you does not make you this like deep profound perfect professional on how to handle everyone else's grief at all times like there's no like magical like, okay, yes, now like I got this when somebody else. It's like grief is so individual, as we've said so many times here. And it like you said, it's double-edged sword because you do have a deeper empathy understanding just naturally than somebody who hasn't gone through it. But everyone has different styles of communication and care and how they want to talk. And like great point by the therapist, you need to create the boundaries for yourself so you can even be support. It's the whole like put your oxygen mask on first so you can even take care of other people. Um, I remember having a moment too where in some of my like group of home friends who were a part of like helping with the service and this was a friend who had lost her dad about four years earlier. And I remember talking to her after and being like, you know, you coming out, flying cross country, you helping with the service, you you know, leaving me this crazy long voicemail, I can't imagine how hard that was for you because everything must be triggering. And it just becomes such a double-edged sword thing where it's like your grief still is very much playing a part in your psyche and you don't want to be harming your own mental health, but you do so badly want to be there for a friend. 
And I feel like it's going to be really case-by-case basis on relationship, on your love language style, on whatever other factors to be able to step up and support because like we've said from the beginning, it's like you join a club together. It's a shitty club, but it's one thing just being like the once in a while check-in person. And it's another thing being like their main source of support. And that's where I think things can get a little heavier and complicated. Yes, definitely. Um, And so I've had my fair share of lessons as an experienced griever uh, and then going through and trying to support somebody else going through it, which again, it could be a whole episode on that. Um, But I just want to kind of call that out because for those that have gone through loss, they may have similar experiences when it comes for their time to be there to the support system. I'm going to ask a question that I've thought about um, just to see if either of you guys are thinking it. Do you feel like, like, I know we made the joke of like, you kind of lost your childhood, but flipping that a little differently, when you see your peers, sometimes, not in all cases, do you feel like wiser or like older than your peers sometimes just because you've been through something so dark and intense And I know it goes into our conversation a little bit of like jealousy slightly. It's like, I wish I could just be the carefree 26 year old, but there's now this like piece of me that makes me just see things differently. I don't know if that's an unfair comparison or unfair thing to say, but Kathy Mads, do you guys? Yeah, I wouldn't say, I almost, I don't think I've ever really tied it to my, my grief in particular, um, but I know that we've talked about how we all kind of have our own like mental health passions and mental health struggles. And I know that like after I had gone through things with my mental health through my grief, it wasn't just my grief, but it was, you know, that was a big part of it. Um, I kind of feel like I've gotten all these different tactics. And like I mentioned earlier, like my little backpack of skills that I have. Um, and sometimes I feel like I've, even when I'm talking to people who are older than me, I try to not be like, I don't, you know, I don't have to like always have a solution or have help and like visibly help. Sometimes I could just listen um, because I kind of do feel like I've gone through such a big journey on my mental health, specifically in the last two years that like I have learned so many different tactics and I'm almost just like, let me help all of you guys with all these amazing skills and things I've learned. Um, So kind of in that way, um, Kathy, I'm also curious to see if you do since you did have that loss at such a young age. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I feel like growing up and again, I think this is a perfect probably segue into an episode about guilt and jealousy. Um, I looked around at my peers thinking like the shit that I have to deal with at home, like you have no idea what it's like. And, um, and it, it creeped into situations where, you know, Again, and this would come up in another episode probably of like when my friends would get in fights with their parents. It was those initial jealousy feelings of like, why are you fighting with your parent right now when they are literally alive and you should be so grateful that they like have a dinner that you can attend, a birthday dinner that you can attend because I have no more of those that I can attend. And like those were very strong and real feelings at the time. Obviously, through therapy now, um, you cannot uh, normalize people's problems, especially like at the at the stage that I was at in the grief journey. Um, so, for example, like 
obviously people fight with their parents. And so, and for me, it wasn't like I could just look at it as, oh, it's just a teenager fighting with her parent. That's a normal dynamic. I was being kind of in my own world thinking like, you are so selfish for fighting with your parent. Um, so I've learned so many lessons through that. But yeah, there was always a part of me that was like around my peers thinking like, I've gone through so much more shit than you. Um, and again, I mean, it's, everyone has their own uh, cards that they're dealt with in life. And and there will be times where they're going to go through a shittier thing than you. And so I didn't think I had the maturity to see it like that at the time, but definitely as I got older and I started going to therapy, I realized that, and even with adults now, I'm like, oh, like, have you, and we don't know everyone's story, but I will say there are sometimes when I look at other adults and I'm like, oh, you haven't had a trauma hit you. And I can kind of tell because I feel like you would maybe view this or 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 act a little bit differently. And I know that's kind of like a shitty thing to say, like that sometimes like that everyone will probably experience something at one point. But um, yeah, I, I get those, those tidbits too, which again, I don't want to come off mean, but they're definitely honest feelings. No, very honest. And even taking it away from like even just being like, why are you fighting with your parent? I imagine, Kathy, you must have been like, why are you freaking out about what jeans to buy? Like that feels so dumb. Like that's what you're putting your energy into. Like all the dumb little things people would fixate on. You're like, there are such bigger yeah. things that yeah. could be going wrong in your life. Um, but I was curious, Mads, I have to ask, can you please break down what's in your backpack of tricks? Like give us a little <laughs> sneak peek into this backpack. I want to know. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's I feel like I'm I like, can see the graphic now. We're gonna make a Mads backpack of tricks graphic and post it on our Instagram. So this can be just a teaser for that. But can you break down a few things that are in the backpack? I probably need some of them. Oh my gosh, this is too good. Okay, I'll give you a little bit, and we can just work on unpacking it. Um, it's so funny. I feel like I'm like Dora the Explorer. Um, that's how, that's how I explain it to my friends. Um, one thing that I I really love, and in my one of my favorite tricks in my backpack is that two things can be true. Um, a great example would be I could be really sad that um, I'm ha- – it's okay, here, I'll tie it into what we were just talking about. So Kathy said that um, it, you know, she'd get kind of annoyed, like, you know, there's there's so many other important things that you could be worried about. So that could be true. But the fal- feeling that this person was arguing over their genes and that was upsetting to them is also true. So that's one of the little tools in my backpack of tricks that I've actually worked in with grief in a couple of different situations with friends that I've um, helped, whether it was about loss of someone that was young or, um, or older. And uh, it's been, that's been one of my little tricks. That's hilarious though. That's going to, that's going to be, I think that's a good note to end on is my backpack. (laughs) Yes. Go follow us on Instagram at some point here. (laughs) We'll be posting our backpack of tricks. Um, And the Instagram is at the morning crew, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G morning crew. Um, Follow, subscribe to us. We are on Apple, Spotify, all the places you can find podcasts. It helps if you can rate and review because it can help other people find it. We do have a Facebook group, The Morning Crew, if you want to join and be a part of that community. And our email address, themorningcrew at gmail.com. If you have any questions, feedback, concerns, um, ideas, anything along those lines. And you know, share it with a friend, share it with anyone who you think could benefit from this. Um, 
But other than that, we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Thank you.